Hi, Crashers! Welcome to another episode of The Wedding Crashers with Jennifer Wilson and Charla Story. <laughs> I'm Jennifer, though. <laughs> and yeah, That's Charla. I'm Charla. It's weird. Our goal is not really ever to confuse you. Or, or is it? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> that was not planned, but it was magical. <laughs> I love us. It's like when you show up to something and you're wearing the same freaking outfit as your friend and you're like, this has gone too far. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and most Enneagram books would tell you that as a four, I would be um, just totally disgusted and leave, but I would not. I would embrace it and we would take a jillion photos. Crystal and I (laughs) typically have the same thing on. In fact, it's gotten to where I'll be like, what are you wearing? It's true. Y'all will wear the same shoes, the same color bottoms, the same like it's ridiculous. And it's yeah. Whatever. I mean, we did a we just did a staycation together the three of us, which honestly, staycations with your friends are my new favorite thing oh, in the world. We need but, a whole weekend next time. Oh, please. Please, can we? But um <laughs> that night we went out, they were literally wearing the same outfit. It was like camel and black and then here I am in like neon orange and camo. <laughs> Which it was cute, guys. It was like redneck, but make it fashion. I swear. <laughs> I definitely, uh, I will wear color, but it's not my typical. So, yeah. And, and if it is, it's going to be like shoes or a jacket, or that's where I get loud. But well, and so I was the same way. And then I read, which I've talked about it before, the book Joyful by Ingrid Fettel Lee. Everyone needs to read it. It will change your life. But then I also have, okay, my chair is shaking because my dog is scratching her stomach and I thought I was in an earthquake. Um, Not a paid ad, but guys, Newly, N-U-U-L-Y, where you rent your clothes for $88 a month. I've gotten so adventurous by renting things I would typically not end up buying, like a bright orange blouse. I like love it. I I buy a lot of colorful clothing and I wear it in the summertime. Mm, makes sense. Yeah. I, I don't like know. To, whatever. I like wearing color. I like dressing my home in color as well. Yeah. Crystal and I were literally on the phone this morning and she said something about a button fell off of her jeans. And then I said, like, I was like the A society jeans. And she's like, yes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, my button fell off too. And we're both devastated and we both have to get our button fixed. And it's the exact same pair of jeans. I think they're even the same size. Like, Y'all are ridiculous. But what are you going to do? I mean, we don't see each other very often. We like the same things. Sisterhood of the traveling closet, apparently. (laughs) Apparently. So here's my challenge to us throughout this episode. Uh Well, I guess we can decide. Do we? What episode is this, Jennifer? Well, I'm about to tell you. (laughs) Do we never sing Sweet Home Alabama or do we try and keep it to a minimum amount of numbers or more than a certain number? We have to decide what the quota is for how many times we sing this theme song in order for it to be appropriate. What? What if it's it's a mix between we don't go past, uh, we want to go more than not enough but not passed too much? Or what if the challenge is that we can't sing it, but we have to use the lyrics as an actual sentence? <laughs> I and, like it that. Has to, and it has to actually make sense. And then we get the actual deal. points. This is one of those... These... Or if we can harmonize, we get points. <laughs> Harmonizing is like breath to me. So yeah, I was going to say you would have to harmonize with me because I can't do that. I'm not a professional <laughs> singer, Jennifer. 
guys, my dog, why are you crying? Listen, I'm not going to get the chocolate covered almond out from under the couch for you. It's toxic. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. Once I say these three words, the song is already going to start playing in their minds. In fact, they've already read it and they're already singing it. So yeah, I think we should do – Get it all out. I think we should just say the words only and if it comes out, then the other person is obligated to start harmonizing. I, I, we okay? can attempt, absolutely. <laughs> so guys, Sweet Home Alabama, it's going down. And if I have to scold my dog, I'm sorry. Ellie. Where the skies are so true. It's blue. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, then I guess because you just got the lyrics wrong within the first five minutes of the episode, we should probably go ahead and do the 30-second recap. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that's all you, boo-boo. Uh, are you ready? I'm pretty ready. Okay. I'm going to wait for the zero and <clears throat> go. Okay, Reese Witherspoon. This is the first time I ever saw her face, even though she'd been in other movies and I was in love with her from the start. Um, she is from a small town in Alabama. She moves to New York City to be, to be a fashion designer. She falls in love with none other than McDreamy. They get engaged. She goes back home because she's got to get divorce papers signed only to fall back in love with her husband. But she's like still in love with McDreamy. What do I do? They have a wedding anyways. She leaves him at the altar. You can't believe it. She ends up staying married – no, getting remarried to her husband in this crazy turn of events. And you're just like, who does this happen to? Two beautiful men? Good job. <laughs> two, two, two beautiful men. Good job. Okay, right. You tell me right now. Right now. Husband or McDreamy? Two seconds. Tell McDreamy. me. McDreamy. Wrong. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, you would choose McDreamy. I would choose McDreamy based on only what we see in the movie and for my own personal feelings. Okay. Because I. He had nothing but respect for her and he loved her really well, yeah, he but she seemed to love the excitement and the drama that her husband's love brought to her. And if that's what she wanted, then that's good for her. But I loved the way that McDreamy respected her regardless. Yeah. So every time I watch it, I feel like I lean a different way. Mm -hmm. Depending on your mood. Yeah, maybe. But I think I still always end up thinking that she should be with her husband. Like, well, I mean, morally anyways, yeah, well, stay with morally, the man you're already married to. But also like he, I don't know, to me, like if a man learned the biggest life lesson and made something amazing out of it, that's like meaningful and based on his love it's for you, true. there's it's true. no way in hell I, that I would mm -hmm. be able to resist that. There's just no way. There's a big difference. Like, I don't know. Well, this circles us back to, do we think that there is one true love for anyone or that no. you can find true love wherever you decide to make yes. it, which I think is the case. And I honestly don't think there's a wrong answer to that question. No, I don't. But I just wanted to know, like, I think it's interesting that we would have chosen differently. And that would be great because then we well, could remain friends. Have you seen McDreamy's <laughs> hair? Yes. Have and you? I love it. And <laughs> I'm not even, did you just get my joke? No. No. Oh. What was the joke? I said, I, I said, I'm loving it. McDreamy? Was that the joke? No, I said we would both pick different guys, which is great because we could remain friends. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, McDreamy is literally you, what. We're not polygamous. <laughs> <laughs> he would be what is my type. Like, I prefer dark hair. I like long hair. Like, 
And her first husband has light colored hair and he's country, which I guess I would actually like as well because my husband, my husband is, is pretty country. What's funny is he could also be a McDreamy in a second. Like when he gets yeah, dressed up, he true. cleans very up true. very well, presents himself very like he's classy. Justin. My husband grew up country, but is not country. Same. Basically the same. Um, yeah. But Jesse can turn it on, especially when he wants to go. This was such up. a this was such a good question because now I'm sitting here and I'm like, what are my feelings? Because I think I always think of beginning of movie ex husband, but then I always forget that he like changed his life because she left. But yeah. I still, I just I love the way that, and this is why this is such a good movie because both of them are equally lovable and equally deserving of her affection and like. I love the way McDreamy, like, and his, what is his name in the movie? I don't know. He's just always McDreamy to me. He um, <laughs> stands up to agree. his, he stands up to his mom because of his love for her. Like nothing's going to get in the way of him loving her, even her deciding that she's going to marry another man. He loves her through that, which I'm like, that is so attractive. Yeah. It's incredibly attractive. And you, and you're like, this would be the biggest dilemma of life. Um, but man, I don't know. But if you're not yeah. going to be loved equally by your partner then you need to let them go. Because if you're the one that's loving over and above and beyond and you know that they're in love with someone else, like that's not a relationship. Well, and there's no wrong answer. Like loving a man that has built a successful life for himself and stands up for you to his family and make sure that you feel like loved and accepted and valued and important and included um, and that you know he has your back and that you're going to be a part of his life. You're not going to be his life. That is incredibly attractive. Well, and I mean, the dream proposal, like, uh, guys, he shuts down Tiffany. I've been to that location and it is, it's magical. I think every single woman in the world has never forgotten that proposal. No. Like, it definitely has an impact. I mean, come on. Pick one. But then <laughs> let's say um, when a man that you love that is young and immature and you've loved since day one who, literally you are a part of who he is, learns a lesson without even putting it in your face and requiring that you validate his effort, which is extremely hard for any person. And yeah. then takes that energy and creates an entire livelihood where they do and doesn't not he force tell her you, about it. <laughs> doesn't even tell her about it. And so I think that that is also incredibly attractive. And it would make you feel yeah. like that was like a once of a lifetime, even more once of a like more even more once in a lifetime than being proposed to at Tiffany's. So I don't even know, but they're both hands down at an 11 out of 10. This one I turned know. it up to 11. I know. Okay. And so like, yeah, it's like her first kiss, little Dakota fanning. Uh. Can we talk about how cute she was? She's so cute. cute. She does country quite well. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, they got struck by lightning or something. It's just like the cutest. And so I like Googled when we watched this. I was like, was this Reese's first movie? And it wasn't. But it was the first one where I had seen her. And we watched this for the podcast shortly after I finished um, season one of The Morning Show. And guys, if you are not watching The Morning Show on Apple TV, you are missing out. That show, I finished it in like two days and I was immediately Googling when is season two and it's a long time away. <laughs> it's so good. Have you watched it yet? I have not. Oh my God. Okay. It's next on your list after you finish Killing Eve, which also, if you haven't watched Killing Eve, get your life together. Yes. Ugh, so I'm good. still finishing Killing Eve and I'm watching God, How I Met so Your Mother. Those are my two right now. We watch a lot of television here. Well, it's, <laughs> it's pretty much about to be editing season, so – 
True, true. Oh my gosh. So my husband, real quick. Go. <laughs> Side note. My husband, so my husband's been working in Oklahoma City um, for like the last couple weeks and he's going to be the next couple weeks. So I call him occasionally on his drive and see how he's doing. And he answers and he's like, hey. And I'm like, hey. And he's like, I feel like I have not stopped talking to you since I left the house. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm not even texting you. And he's like, no, I'm catching up on your podcast. And so I've just been talking to you for like four hours. <laughs> and <laughs> then he proceeds to explain. He's like, oh, I was going to tell you that you guys sound your voice and like the sound was really great in this episode. And then it was really great in that episode. It, it was not so great in this one. And like, what was your <laughs> setup for this? And oh, by the way, just so you know, the metric system is in the US. No, the standard <laughs> system is in the US and the metric <laughs> system is in Europe. You got that wrong. You know, be sure to fix that and all this stuff. And then he stops and he goes, by the way, when you talk slow and low and lean into the microphone, you sound incredibly sexy. <laughs> He's like, basically, you're Roz from Frasier. Ah, and he was like, do more of that. I was like, wow. <laughs> you're so weird. I mean, I would put out there that we both have very nice, easy to listen to voices. I hope so. Because I've always thought mine was very uh, teenage boy on the verge of maturity. <laughs> no. The other day in the Kindred group, I um, posted a how-to video without any um, – audio and I did it on purpose and someone was like there's no audio on this and I was like oh I did that on purpose so I could do more of them regardless of you know how busy I am and she was like oh man I really like listening to you and I was like okay <laughs> well go listen to the podcast then because there's hours upon hours of fun <laughs> oh my gosh that's that's hilarious I love that he gives you feedback Michael's just always like oh that was good <laughs> I liked it Michael's giving it. you feedback because he reminded you of Andy's scrotum <laughs> <laughs> Stop trying to leave out the balls. You're doing it again, Stop Jennifer. It. Stop it. Ellie, what okay. in the world? My dog is out of control. Puppy life is real. It is. Um, so, so yeah, we, we, we got proposed to at Tiffany's. We're headed home because we find out we're still married. We got to get a divorce from our country man. And she shows up and sees her dog. Oh, and it's not her dog because no. her dog died. So like, I, that's a funny thing to me because we do tend to fall in love with a certain kind of breed. So you get that breed again, but you, then you worry that you're not going to be able to tell the difference and your dogs are going to mush together. Or at least <laughs> I had that fear. That's why I made sure that Ethel looked so different than Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I will say the scene where she goes to say goodbye to her dog at the dog graveyard is one of the first times I cried in a theater. Oh, I know. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. See, and your dogs are so different. So that's not a valid fear to have. That's kind of like the fear I have of kids, mm -hmm. like not loving them enough. But I want to hear more about you crying in a theater for the first time. Was it Was it like a uh, cry it? A cry it? Oh my gosh, that means quiet cry. That's our new thing. Was it a cry it? Or was it like... It was a, it was totally a cry it. Okay. Um, and I, probably because, so, okay, well, we'll just go ahead and go, we'll go all out. This is not related to the most embarrassing moment of my life, but one of the, ow, Ellie, I just got bit. <laughs> um, one of the most embarrassing moments of my life happened when I went to see this in theaters. But, um, so I was in seventh or eighth grade when this came out. And at that time, no bite, no man. <laughs> Speaking of dog cemeteries. <laughs> um, so back in that day, 
<laughs> it was like the thing on Friday nights, dad would give me $10, which could pay for a movie and then also a bean and cheese burrito and some chips and queso and a Sprite at Rosa's Cafe. Um, and I was not dating anyone at the moment, but I don't I remember who I had a crush on, but he was there. It's probably it's probably Anthony. Um, anyways, so I probably cryeted because I didn't want anyone to know oh, I'm being tugged tug of war. She's about to steal my sock. <laughs> this is real. Um, I remember I probably quietly cried because you don't want people to know you're crying. Um, but I had never experienced embarrassment until this movie, you guys. Not true well, embarrassment. It. Come on. <laughs> See, what's funny is I had completely forgotten about it. And then I'm taking notes for our podcast episode. And I'm like, oh my God, I remember. So it was hot outside. I was wearing flip-flops. I was there with my crush. And oh. I had a crush on a, a older boy as well as um, from church. And so I get up to use the restroom. And I'm very carefully trying to get up the stairs in flip-flops in the dark. I bust so hard going up those stairs, you guys. Like you would have thought that there was no ground in the world anymore <laughs> because I just it was it was horrible. And I catch myself and I look up and who is right where I fell? But the guy I was crushing on that was older than me. Oh. So like mortified. Damn it, Ellie, that hurt. And then <laughs> No, she's trying to take my sock off my foot. And I think she just drew blood. Um, So then I use the restroom. I'm already mortified. And I enter the theater. And I kid you not, I get about a quarter of the way down the stairs. And that entire side of the theater turns around and tells me, they go, don't fall. All together. All together. Like a coordinated effort telling me not to fall. I love it so much. I have never – the social embarrassment of that, I never lived it down. I think I'm sweating again. What? Yes. Oh my gosh. That's like a typical day in the life of me. Like I'm so (laughs) clumsy that that would – I would just lay there and lap. I would now. And it it wasn't even the fall that embarrassed me. It was the fact that like – they all decided that when I came back, they were going to tease me about it, which is fine if it's like a group of friends, but it was a bunch <laughs> of strangers. Like if, like if I fell down and all of you guys, like my friends told me not to fall, I'd be like, oh, shut up. I hate you. But a bunch of strangers at the tender age of 12? Mm-hmm. Ow! That is definitely intense, intense for sure. But Stop I would have – fighting me. I would have honestly laughed at you for sure. <laughs> Honestly, I I probably now as a grown adult would have said don't fall. <laughs> I but yeah. Not not at this movie, but I remember when I was about that age, I was in a movie theater and um I think it might have been Titanic and the boy next to me was making fun of me for crying and I we were chatting and he said something and I got upset and said something like he's dying, Josh. 
And it was right when it was pure silence in the stupid movie. So it was so loud. So people laughed. And then at the end of the movie, a bunch of people yelled, he's dying, Josh. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I, I think the like, funniest stuff happens in movie theaters in the silence. Let's walk, be real. Walk out like no, like you don't know who it was either. And it wasn't you. But don't mention that the guy you're with is named Josh. But I will say like those things happen in junior high because – I don't know. Why don't they happen now? <laughs> oh, they do happen now. It happened to my dad. <laughs> it was a uh, Remember the Titans. We went, um, it was like Thanksgiving night or Christmas Eve how, or something. That's not very now. That's still quite like 20 years ago. <laughs> okay, but he wasn't in junior high. He was a grown adult. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Um, And we were all together as a family, like cousins and everybody. And it gets to the point of um, no, not remember the Titans, uh, the Blind Side. Okay, that's much closer. I'll, yes, I'll give you that. And it's the point of the movie where everyone's crying. I don't remember why. And my dad has these socks. Oh, it was Christmas time. My dad has these socks that he wears every Christmas. And when you push a button, they sing Jingle Bells, and it's like ding, 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 like really loud. So everyone's crying during the blind side. My dad crosses his legs and it his ankle pushes the button and he <laughs> starts playing jingle bells. And me and all of my cousins, our tears went from sad tears to we can't we can't laugh as loud as we need to, so we're suppressing it to the point where it became an uproar of laughs with oh. the entire theater. We still every Christmas will like go push the button on his car because it it was those so are, bad. Those are the best memories. Do you know what's funny is when you were saying that you, when you started with it was hot outside and you were wearing flip-flops and most embarrassing moment, my thought was that your foot sweat and caused a really loud fart noise while you were walking <laughs> at a silence. So like I think that would have been much worse than falling. <laughs> well yeah, cuz you can't prove that you didn't fart. <laughs> You're like, it was my flip-flop, I swear. And you try and do it again, but it won't do it because that's the way life goes. Yep. That's oh, my gosh. the way life goes. So I can't remember when I first saw this movie if I thought that her fashion designs were actually good, but the, I did not think so now. <laughs> yeah, I think it's very dated and that's what, you know, that's what Chanel and Estee Lauder say has to happen to fashion. It has to, it has yeah. to come in hot and leave fast too. So she yeah, did that. Like she nailed it. <laughs> did you, she was 27 when they filmed this. That's insane to be 27, find success that fast, have two men of that caliber available and interested in you at that young of an age is let, I don't know how realistic it really is. <laughs> well, I don't know how old she was supposed to be in the movie, but Reese was 27. Oh, <laughs> I would just let you go with it. Thanks, homie. <laughs> As you do. Sometimes you just gotta gotta let it all out. <laughs> well, that's how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I just think uh, there's so many like talking points in this movie. Like like getting arrested? Yeah. <laughs> I have never been arrested. Have you been arrested? I have not, actually. Okay, I've been fearful of it. Many times, but I have. True. Have you gotten your headlight fixed? Yet? No. Well, yes, but no, but yes. <laughs> That's not an answer. I'm not going to be arrested. <laughs> oh my gosh! I think that like I can't I can't relate with her being mortified of her heritage and where she came from and her not wanting people to know about it. Um, but the way that she 
<laughs> tries to convince that writer from the New York Post that her cousin's mansion historical home is her own. Mm-hmm. Like that little runaround and they end up in the closet. And I love her cousin so much for just like not outing her. He like joins her to help her cause. Mm-hmm. I just thought was so sweet. But then she stabs him in the back later in the movie I when know, she's drunk. When she's drunk and mad because she has to lash out at somebody. I have to say, I grew up poor. Mm-hmm. Um, not really, but kind of. Like, I didn't think we were poor. If I asked for things, I got them. They might have been hand-me-downs and all of that. Um, I loved our home and it felt like a home and I didn't feel like I was poor, but I was made fun of for being poor. So I don't know how incredibly accurate that is. But I I also have a very country family. And then, of course, I had a baby at 16. So when you start saying these things together, a picture gets painted of what someone assumes that you and your family is like. And so I don't, I've never been ashamed of my family. I absolutely love my family. I was blessed with amazing parents, like some of the greatest parents. I think I have better parents than any of my friends that I've ever met. I'm just going to say it. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> that being said, I sometimes don't like to tell my story in in order because or I want to tell my whole story because I don't want the preemptive assumptions of having a country family with not a lot of money because and so I, th- I think I can somewhat resonate with like what she thinks people are going to think of her. But then right when you start to feel like you might resonate and feel a little bad for her, she acts incredibly country. I know. <laughs> Gets her butt arrested. And that's how her parents find out that she's home. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, no, we're, we're different. <laughs> well, and it, it's like she has to realize too, she thinks that that part of her is gone when she moves to New York City and she finds this life. And then she goes home and she realizes like, no, that part of her is still very much alive and that she actually likes oh, who yeah. she is in both places. Like a lot that. of people when we're like out and about, I don't think we sound like Texans and we'll be no. in New York and we don't sound like Texans. But as soon as I'm home in like where I grew up, oh, my accent is real. That's so funny. I Because I grew up in Grapevine, so I don't really have a big accent, but I will start to get lazy with my vowels when I have had one too many cocktails or if I'm <laughs> like slapstick exhausted. But my mom, she was a country music singer. Um, she plays like classic country, like Merle Haggard and Willie Nelson. And um, she, she's like very Casey Musgraves-ish and I've always loved that. And she would always say, you can take the girl out of the honky tonk, but you can't take the honky tonk out of the girl because she lived in like 45 states before she was 18 and she was always country. So to me, that's this, she tried so hard to not be country in New York. And I, I think she does like herself and that she needed to be given permission to be who she is in New York and that it's okay. What is happening in my house? Could you hear that? No, not much. Okay. Michael was running the the sink and it sounded like pee. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, I think that – I think you're right. Honestly, I think that – obviously very purposeful writing to make sure that we could connect with her on both levels and the reason why she loved both of these men and why it was going to be such a hard decision um, for her. But I think there are so many moments with both of them. I don't know. I just really, I really felt, felt for her. And I think I felt for her even more because they don't really talk about why she left her husband until towards the end of the movie. And then you find out that she had a miscarriage and she ran away. Um, She couldn't face that grief. And I can't imagine 
Like I, I don't know that I would run away from my life because I couldn't face that. But it was a that's how right? not an abortion. It was a miscarriage. Okay, yeah, and but that's why she, she ran. Felt guilty because she was relieved. Yes, because she, she ran because she was like, oh yes. my god, I don't want to have kids. And yes, and those are and, all absolutely valid. Yeah, and. But I think it's so important that they included that because up until that point, you're like, why did you leave? Like, what are the reasons for leaving this man? And mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it was probably super layered. I don't, maybe it wasn't that she didn't want to have kids. She didn't want to have kids with that man at that time. And now she, she does. Yeah. But. She was saying she, it made her feel like she was never, ever going to get out of town and leave and, and that that was just going to be who that was going to forever. Her. And so, that's another thing I can somewhat resonate with as somebody who got pregnant as a kid, like she's describing. You you do have a moment where you're like, everybody is telling you that your life is over and your life is going to be ruined and this is all your life is going to be and that's going to be all you are. And I'm so thankful to tell all of you, not that I think we have a lot of teen moms or potentially becoming teen mom listeners, <laughs> but that is absolutely inaccurate information. Yeah, it just is. Because you... Unless you literally have no one to help you. But if you have family and friends, like this will enrich your life. You might need to wait to do your traveling until you're a little bit older. But I'm here to tell you, you're going to have the money to do it when you're a little bit older anyway. Unless you happen to have the money to do it right now, then what are you waiting for anyway? So what a, but a, but a valid fear, especially because everybody puts that in your ear. Like it was immediate how everybody wanted me to tell tell me their opinion about how my life would literally be over if I had a baby. Mm. And it's, yeah, no, it totally was not. It was not. Well, I think it's just these, it was different, but it was, it's just these presumptions of what you've seen. Like you really only know what you've been exposed to or what you allow yourself to learn. And so if all you've seen of teen moms is what you see on MTV or all you've seen of I mean, it's just like when people come to Texas and they're like, oh, you're not, you're not wearing a cowboy hat and you don't own a horse. I'm like, well, have you ever really actually looked into what being a Texan is like? True. Well, have you ever gotten to know a teen mom? And also, like, don't forget that um, in most cases, at some point, you will have control in your life to change it. Uh, it's just up to you. Oh, yeah. You know? Well, and, you know, honestly, in this movie's defense, they're in Georgia. So, right. <laughs> Everyone it's, in Georgia listening is like, I hate her. <laughs> no, I love Georgia, but let's face it. You are more country than we are. Like you're the South South. Now the, the true South, South. Where they do Civil War reenactments. Yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> they do one. And after the react the reenactment, Avril Lavigne comes on. And I swear I was 11 again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. I forget if it was complicated, which I don't remember which song it was, but I was like, I am 11. I'm in my bright yellow room. I'm living my best life, feeling all my feelings. <laughs> Here oh, we are. Oh yeah. my. It's just, it's, ugh, it's so good. So her mother-in-law is like devil wears Prada, super intense in politics, doesn't like Love anybody. Her. You know who she is though? Yeah. She's, she's dream catcher. Yes, she is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she is. She is the epitome, the definition of New York woman. She's in power. She's like the mayor of New York or something. Uh, Incredibly terrifying and seemingly judgmental. Uh, Very protective of her son and his reputation. Yeah, they're exactly. She cares more about how they're perceived than how they're loved. 
Yeah. Well, and the thing is, the thing is, is really and truly from the outside looking in, his mom, McDreamy's mom and Reese's mom have nothing in common, but they actually have a whole lot more in common because she is so concerned about the way that her son is going to be perceived and the life he's going to have based on his Mm -hmm. decisions. But Reese's mom has the exact same conversation. Don't get stuck here. Go marry him. Get out of here. I don't want you to have the life I had. And they have like the exact same mother. They do. They do. And that's pretty typical of a mother. They want better for their children. And often that means that they feel like they focus on what they didn't have that they wanted and they project that onto their kids. But in reality, kids have their own wants and they're not the same as yours. So um, was her mom's was her mom's opinions put on her and said out loud her entire upbringing that when she got pregnant young with him, that that's why she ran? There's a like, very, very good chance. I mean, I know my mom certainly told me like that she wanted me to have a better life, but that she, but it was mine and that I needed to make a decision. And she encouraged me to like take time to figure out what that was. And, and then was so full of praises when I made my own choice and told me that that's what she would have wanted me to choose. And thank God she did not tell me what, what she thought I should do. She wouldn't even tell me. She would say, right. I can't help you with it. Like you have to, now I have no doubt I assume anyway, if she didn't like what I had decided that she may have told me her opinion. Um, but well, and there's a difference between like choosing something that's going to like your child chooses something that's going to put them in direct danger or like it is the worst decision and it will ruin their lives actually. But then, you know, predispositions and presumptions about the future that you place on your child just aren't fair. Yeah. Like they can never live up to the life you've imagined for them. You can only just do your best. But I think it, it's like, this just made me think about how now you'll hear so many like body positive things like moms, don't ever put down your body in front of your daughter. Like that will start that, that mm-hmm. train, like chain reaction and things like that. And those are things that I don't think our moms were told. Mm-mm. So, no. no, but I love that her mom does give her her opinion, probably full on knowing that that's not what she was going to be doing. But she mm-hmm. she she moves forward with marrying McDreamy. She gets her divorce paper signed and sent in. She is doing some shopping. She's found some deep southern glass, which for those of you that don't know this, it's mm-hmm. a maid of honor at the – no, I'm just kidding. Um, it's like super thick and feels really Beautiful. good in your hand. And it somehow magically makes sweet tea taste that much better. Uh-huh. I'm not kidding. You have to try it. Trust me. And so the Southern girl in her, but classy Southern girl, very much. And that's also so incredibly Reese, like who she really is. Mm-hmm. But she loves this Southern glass. And eventually she finds this cute little barn that has it for sale. Mm-hmm. And then her little not doggy, but doggy comes down the stairs all of a sudden. Yeah, she's like, what are you doing here? Mm -hmm. And she's in her ex-husband's store. Yeah, he comes down the stairs. And he had tried to show her something he had tried to tell her. but In a sly way. In a sly way. She said no. He was like, let me show you something. And she was like, no, I don't have time for this. And he didn't press. So it's this is obviously what she he wanted to show her. And and what is this glass? Jennifer, tell me about this glass and why. Well, it's made from when they put rods in the sand and lightning hits. Yeah. Which they did when they they discovered when they were little and they shared their first kiss and that like is a really huge part of their story. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, well, and not only is it that, but it's like 
it's the proof that he's grown. It's the proof that he's matured. It's the proof that he has, he's a man instead of a boy. And it's proof that every thought and step in his life without her while he's been growing, it's been with her in mind. Mm-hmm. And in yeah. honor of his love for her, yeah. and he worked through his anger and his judgment and his resentment, and took a path that's really hard to take. Where instead of being like, "Forget it, I'm going to do it for somebody else," or "I'm going to do it for me," he just quietly continued to do what he thought was going to be best for when that time came. And here was the time. So, what happened? <laughs> tell me, tell me what happened. Well, they end up doing the the wedding. Well, did he kiss her then? I don't remember. It's been like three weeks since we watched. Well, so he he ends up driving her fiance to her, and they and oh the yeah they, they realizes that he doesn't need know her at all, which I think yeah. is an important part of the story because we love him and the way he loves her, but he doesn't really know her. He doesn't know he he knows her to which the extent she allowed him right, to know her. which gives you the sense that like she feels like maybe he wouldn't love her if he fully mm-hmm. knew her. So that makes you feel uneasy there. Um, but he, he doesn't even know her real name. No. And then he ends up getting to know her pretty quickly. And he still, after some doubt has worked through it and still wants to get married. And so they're literally about to have their wedding as he just found out who she really is and met her right. family. And she just found out what Jake's really been doing. Yes. And so she, she comes down the aisle basically is like, I can't do this. And oh my gosh! So she heads back down, and my one of my favorite parts, one of my favorite parts of the entire wedding, is hold on, hold on, I wrote it down. Hold on, hold on. Um. Well, so she decides to have it where she grew up instead of New York City, which I aesthetically approved of because oh, I yeah. love where they end up getting married. But she decides not to marry him and his mom is like you're deciding not to marry my son throws a fit and her mom punches his mom in the face i know <laughs> and you know what like we i know this is awful of us but we've talked about how much we like a punch in the face I don't <laughs> can we talk for a second about how amazing the moment of like her dress situation oh and like I mean, her friend not. helping her create it and like that relationship I just – I have a ton of thoughts about this entire wedding. Like, are we doing that right now or – Well, so I guess – so her lawyer comes running down, like you said, and she didn't sign the papers. So she realizes that that means that she – She's still married. Yeah, she's still married. She can sign it right now and get married, but it makes her realize why did she subconsciously work so hard for that signature and then not sign it herself? What would you do? Would you think that that was a sign or would you just be like, well, I'm pretty clumsy and forgetful, so it's just me who I am. It doesn't change what I've wanted. Like, what would you do? Well, I think in that moment she was forced – she was forced to ask herself the question she'd been avoiding yeah. the entire time, which is what do I really want? And yeah, or do you love Jake? Yeah, both of those things. And I think that – I think – hmm. I don't really know. I don't really know what I think, except for the fact that I'm grateful that she was given that opportunity, that she did subconsciously forget. Because I think that she was so wrapped up in trying to figure out who she is and falling in love with herself that she didn't. She didn't take the time to really figure out who she loved. Well, and she didn't truly fall in love with who she really is, but who she was projecting to be. And there's well, and so definitely- say what you're gonna say because yeah. that's your RuPaul moment. Yeah, you exactly. <laughs> you don't love yourself. How the hell are you going to love somebody else? But also, 
you know, you have to love your whole self and you have to know that like for a while it wasn't in my opinion of my best interest to tell everyone my full story because I didn't want to be judged or thought that I wasn't professional or that I don't do a great job. But in reality, that's the best part of my story. And that's what makes me stand out is that no matter the adversity or the challenge, I'm obviously going to be able to get through those obstacles. And so right. it, I love that. And it gave me the greatest gift of my entire life, which is the most amazing son in all the world. Try me, people. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, it's it's definitely I'm glad she was given that opportunity. And also, I want to apologize crashers that I said Georgia because it's obviously Alabama. Alabama. <laughs> I are so blue. <laughs> and well, she was coming home to you. To you. I love that she um what she what she says is she says basically like I gave my heart away a long time ago. And I never got it back. I never got it back. And that seems so beautifully accurate. Yeah. Yeah. No, so what you said was how you loved that her friend helped her design her dress. And as a fashion designer, like, of course, you would want something custom. But I think I remember even in that scene, like, the way he was looking at her was like, I'm not really sure if you're excited about this, but I'm going to make it for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's one of the beautiful things about having friends be a part of things is they can read what you're not saying. So that's, you know, that's some of that magic we talk about that like anytime we're communicating without words, it's my favorite, which by the way, we should probably start working on learning how to communicate with eye contact. Mm-hmm. Kind of like they try to do in How I Met Your Mother. Like I'm staring at you and I'm saying, don't open that present. <laughs> Don't open it here. Don't. You know what else I want to adopt from How I Met Your Mother? What? Something like slap rule or something where I get like <laughs> what? I don't want to be abusive, but like obviously. But like I think Last it's hilarious. You wanted to like marry me, and now you want to slap me. I'm so confused. <laughs> I think it's just funny that they have this like. You get three times in our entire friendship where I'm not going to hate you if you trip me on purpose. You know. True. <laughs> Keep things spicy. I think it's That's funny. True. We can oh my talk about it off air. Maybe we'll <laughs> let the crashers have a vote. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah, so she ends up running back down the aisle. Her mom punches his mom and <laughs> she finds her ex-husband and basically says, like, I want to be with you. Yeah, where she, but she finds him out where he's, out it's raining and he's mm-hmm. putting in the thingies to make the glass, which is where their first kiss was. And she runs out there with her full-on wedding dress. Alabama accent in her wedding dress. And, and they share the most amazing kiss. She's like, you going to kiss me or what? <laughs> I can kiss you anytime Jake, I want. Are you going to kiss me or what? Yes, and then they, they're already married. So they don't have to get remarried. And then they go to the bar and yeah. they have this reception yeah. and they eat their cake. Because he was young and dumb and got so drunk he didn't make it to their reception. So they didn't get to yep. eat cake and dance. So they get to do that now. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like freaking out because it's the best. And Bobby Ray puts two dudes on top of the cake, which I thought was really nice. <laughs> I agree. Uh, and also one of my favorite quotes from this movie is when she's talking to her friend in the bar, that same bar. I love that they play pool too, because you know how much I love pool. But they, <laughs> she's like, has her baby on her hip and she's just acting like it's no big deal. And she's like, you have a baby <laughs> in a bar. <laughs> a bar. She's like, Yeah. You know what else I love? The <laughs> the cat that she supposedly set like exploded in the bank yes. shows up and eats some of her cake. <laughs> yep. 
I love that. Oh, are uh, we ready? Is it time? I think it's. I think it's time. It is time. All right. What is your it is loved it? My hmm, my loved it is probably venue choice because of the contributions it made to the overall aesthetic. Like they got married, obviously in the fall. All the foliage everywhere really leaned into her floral decisions. I just think it was a. I just love where she ended up getting married. I love that when shooting back at her and her dad for that moment was just these beautiful hedges, no distractions. I just love the venue. I think it's my favorite of all of her choices. Yep. It's unfortunately, I have to agree. It's absolutely my favorite. I love, it's like one of the only times that garden chairs are perfect and look beautiful Mm -hmm. and the hedges give you that like intimate feeling because they're so tall. Mm -hmm. I think it's so much. It seems like no paparazzi was going to get in yeah. even though they wanted to, which right. I love. And they went classic and simple with the white flowers, which is always beautiful and timeless, but it's not necessarily my favorite. Her dress was okay. I didn't yeah. like the bird cake. So same. That's my hated it. I hated it. Birdcage veil. It's just a no from me always. Yeah. I think my largest issue with it was wh- – I've seen it go okay a few times. Yeah. If it's like done right, like from the side, I didn't hate it. I didn't where it cut a line in her face. It's all about placement. Wendy wore one and it was hot. So one of my best friends wore one and it was great. It didn't cut anything important in half. I feel like hers was too big. Like it covered her whole face. Yes. It wasn't like a Hadley's. It was like a. It cut her mouth in half, but yeah. like looking at a side angle where it was lovely. I don't know. It's just one of those where like, okay, well, when he pushes it back, where does it go? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm in full agreement with that. But now that I'm seeing this side angle too, I don't know if I even saw it in the film, but she's got this weird flower on the back of her hair, which is very not great. Mm-hmm. I wait. I, her mom didn't punch the other mom in the face. Reese punched her in the face. Oh yeah. Bobby. Yep. Mm-hmm. I read I, my notes wrong. Oh yeah. Reese punches her in the face for which making fun of better. her mom. Yeah. Yes. Which is even better. It's like the best. I oh one of my so I love that we got to see a picture of them later in life with a kid. By the way, I know we never get that. And she had the cutest blonde curly hair. So cute. Okay. The best. So hated it. Bird veil for her. It didn't work. Um, and then, especially because her dress was so simple. Agreed. It didn't need something like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know. And then, what? Who's your maid of honor? My maid of honor is her cousin Billy Ray. <gasps> yes, uh, I loved him. Even when she did him so dirty, like he, I don't know. He was just a. He was constant for her mm-hmm. in. Every season when she was super Alabama, he loved her. When she was super New York, he loved her. He was really honest with her and brought yeah. her back down to earth. He told her things she didn't want to hear. He and told he her things she didn't want to hear. Yeah, I just think he was steady and I appreciate that. We all know that by now. I'm always going to choose the steady. Yeah. My maid of honor is her ex-husband's mom. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you have one of those. Yes, I do. And she said what needed to be said. And she loved her and her son and didn't pass judgment. But she did make her think and she did show her love. And it was, and she did the same for her son, which is what a mom has to do. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. What are you thinking? Come on. Now. Mm-hmm. Um. So she was absolutely mine. Yeah. Well, and I think 
I think it might be kind of special for our listeners to hear like how blessed you are in that area. That's why you could see and recognize that that's so pivotal. Like your ex-in-laws are wonderful and they love you so much and they love Seth so much. I'm so blessed when you, so the, so for those of you that don't know me, I'm trying, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Stop it. Stupid. Ugh. But I, but it happens all the time. It just happened this weekend. Seriously. Um, <laughs> then I laugh every time. I can't help it. No, Seth, uh, my son, I'm him, his father and I were married for seven and a half years. And so I was obviously a young mom. So they were there to be of a big help back then, which was an amazing mm-hmm. blessing. And they, we, we, we genuinely love each other and we have a one-on-one relationship and they love my son as if he is their own. Like they are the, the best grandparents. And so are my parents and we were just doubly blessed. And then mm-hmm. when me and my husband got divorced, um, I continued to have a relationship with his entire family, his parents, his cousins, his sister. And so we would go on vacations together and spend time together just like we did before. And so they would just do double vacations. But eventually, they just started inviting me to go on the family vacation because I missed it because I love them so much. And I would just go and have vacation with my son and my ex-husband and his wife and three kids and his parents and his cousins and me and um, I was even single a lot of the time that that happened. And I just chose to love them uh, through it. And so I just am insanely blessed. We still, I'm. they were uh, at my wedding to Jesse, my current husband. They were in family photos and we still go on family vacations together and do holidays together. So it's just, so we have four sets of parents, even though my parents are married, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's, I just think it's one of the most beautiful, like, I love hearing you talk about them because I'm like, that's unique. It's, yeah, it's, you're incredibly blessed. And I think it's a reminder that, like, even though some things can get fragmented, it can still be beautiful. Yeah. It's love conquers all things. And it's a amazing example to Seth and, uh, to what it can look like to just choose to, get divorced without it being personal or nasty or mean or using love against each other or getting hateful or trying to make kids feel icky. Like literally Seth, it would be hard for him, I think, to find a complaint about his parents' divorce. I'm sure that it made him feel the way that divorces make kids feel, but he got to see his parents be in the same room on vacation, celebrating him and the family more than themselves. And I just really thankful that I had a team that was able to do that with me. I love them. Yeah. I I I am seriously like I was blessed with the most amazing parents and then the most amazing in-laws and then again with more amazing in-laws. I just whew. Yeah, you're super super. I think I it, it just goes back to like you, I think you get what you put out. It's true. When you love is- people well, you attract people who love you well. Yep, it's accurate. And I I love that they're all people that are very honest with me. So yeah, they have these hard conversations like his mama did. So that's why she's my maid of honor. So well earned accolade. We are um, the maid of this honor. Honor, we have to say uh, one time. Oh, let me think because I hadn't I hadn't um, fully landed on one. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. Okay, ready? Uh huh. One, two. The mayor. <laughs> the mayor. His mom? Yeah, his mom. So McDreamy's mom. Just because she – I just don't like her personality. I get – I like the way she loves her son mostly, but not the how she goes about it. 
I love that she loves him so much, but that's yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I love that she loves him so much, but I don't like how she goes about expressing it, and I don't like her selfish actions. And how Same. She feel. So that's it for me. I can't do it. Same. Um, my only reason I chose Reese was I wish that her self-discovery would have happened sooner and it didn't have to demolish someone. Oh, and hurt so many people. Like she hurt him and she hurt his she mom. Hurt her cousin. She hurt her, mom, her parents, herself, like yeah. the ex, her cousin. Yeah. It was a mess. On that, and I mean, thank God she did go through that self-discovery and she came out on the other end. It's just, you know, sometimes you just – I think everyone needs to have a yearly introspective moment of Am I happy with what I'm doing to myself and others? You know? Yep. Could have happened sooner. That's That's true. Could have, you know? But it didn't happen sooner. (laughs) So yeah, uh, self-awareness, guys. It's a powerful tool. So we didn't sing it. We did not. It's impressive. Well, but you proved that you didn't even know the words. Whatever. (laughs) Not true. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I will say, I feel like I I need to tell you this. I think it's time. There is a word that you say that is wrong. Oh, I believe that for sure. <laughs> so there's two words that sound similar, and I think that you you just say one out of habit. Which one? There's resonate, which means you, it like um, clicks with you, or resignate, which means you're like um, you're just accepting of. Oh yeah. So I never know which one you mean. <laughs> resonate resonate okay because they can mean similar things and i just don't know which one you're saying but i felt like i needed to say it because you said it a lot today and i needed to know which one you meant i think i said resonate but i might there might be a g in there i think you were throwing in the g and it just changes the way isn't they're both they can both be positive Mm. but i just needed to know that's my (laughs) that's my corrections corner before (laughs) someone emails us and says jesse It's true. We should just, you know, let him edit. The critic. We should. We can't pay you. What would he do? He would just, what, go in and... Honestly, it wouldn't be the same experience and people would stop listening because he would... <laughs> <laughs> hmm? Oh, man. the It's been a good day. It has. I got to say, today was a good day. Okay. okay. Well, good day. I found um because of birdcage veils, I'm gonna send you this picture of one that I really like. And because I'm a super sleuth, I tracked it down. And you know, I don't think she listens, but if she does, Caroline Tran, the uh collection shoot you did for Erica Elizabeth Designs in 2013 is phenomenal. Good job. <laughs> nice. I'm gonna send it to you. It's beautiful. Okay, well, you guys, as usual, um we love you. We are so glad you're here. We are doing our best to come with new content for you guys as often as we can. Um, Send us your recommendations if there's a wedding that we have not talked about yet. Oh, hey, how much do we think this wedding would have cost? Mm. You know? We didn't get to see the reception, but based on the ceremony. And I don't think she had to pay for the venue, so we'll have to get rid of that cost because it was her cousin's house. Uh, and that that day's money, I would say they probably 40. top topped out at forty or sixty, which yeah. today would have been like eighty to one hundred. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's fair. I really like that little segment. Me too. That's a good addition. 
That was an that was a request by one of you guys. Yes. Uh, yeah, out in public. She was like, hey, y'all should talk about how much you think these weddings would have cost. I'm like, that's so brilliant. So if you guys have an idea or you want to hear our thoughts on something, like just let us know because that was freaking awesome. Well, awesomeness has to come to an end at some point. <laughs> Which is now. Which is now. So <laughs> don't forget rule number one. Never leave a crasher behind. Never. Never. Not even <laughs> at the reenactment. <laughs> daddy! Daddy! <laughs> or when they won't shut up. We have tried to end this episode five times now. Never gonna end. <laughs> Never. Now, sweet home Alabama. <laughs> Where the, Where the skies are true, 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 It's not true. That's not true. true. Or true. Maybe it's both. <laughs> <laughs> They're true blue. Stop it. 